Welcome to Order Up, the restaurant operations podcast brought to you by Ops Analytica. Hey, this is Tommy from Ops Analytica. The Ops Analytica platform was built to help your team members execute the different processes that they have to do every day from a food safety, guest readiness, and customer satisfaction perspective. We are, we are the ultimate job aid, guiding your team through everything they need to do to make sure the restaurant's ready to go and that the food is safe. And when your team is able to focus on the basics and self-manage that with our platform, then it frees you up to go out and focus on growing your business, on competing, on everything else, because you can rest assured that the that the restaurants are, are taking care of what needs to be taken care of and that the system will alert you if there's ever an issue. So check us out at opsanalytica.com and go get a demo and see how we can help transform your business and make your life easier. Hey, this is Tommy with the Order Up Podcast. And, uh, you know, today I'm going to do uh, sort of a blog recap. I recently wrote a blog uh, entitled... Silicon Valley big money is trying to trick the restaurant uh, operators. And um, I just wanted to kind of cover it here as a podcast in case you guys didn't get a chance to read the blog. As I know, blogs are take more time than podcasts do to digest. So, so the premise of the blog is this, right? Um, that we've got... You know, we are selling into the restaurant industry. So we are constantly talking to people and have been for the last five years. And over the last five years, the big tech initiatives that most people have been working on, not everyone, have been upgrading their POS systems, delivery, um, you know, getting that figured out, uh, carry out if they're going to start doing that, making sure they have a mobile ordering platform, whether it's a website or an app. And then um, LMS systems. And so generally when we talk to people, they're all you know, focusing on one of those things. And um, notice that none of that has anything to do with operations or food safety. Um, but yeah, and so it just it was interesting to me, you know, like why are so many people focused on this? Because, you know, when I go into a restaurant, like, and... I'm like, oh, wow, they've got delivery. Great. Why is the bathroom dirty? Or why is my food gross? Or why is the table sticky? Or is it, why isn't it clean? Or, you know, like, and that's not every restaurant, obviously. But like, you know, I have a theory. Uh, I have, these are all theories. Uh, I have a theory that, uh, that when, you know, restaurants start struggling financially, the first thing that they stop executing on is the basics and they start looking for Hail Marys. And I think specifically delivery has been that for a lot of people. Um, they have put all this time, energy, and effort into getting delivery set up just to realize that there's no ROI in it. Um, you know, when Subway went on to mobile delivery, they started with 9,000 locations. It's the largest chain to ever hit a delivery platform. And I would suggest, or I would guess that if you asked most subway operators that nobody's, that they're not doing tons of delivery sandwiches. And the, and I would say that that's because nobody wants to eat at subway. And the reason they don't want to eat at subway is because subway AUVs are low. And so the franchisees have stopped executing on the basics of the good subway experience. I mean, you can't go to a subway 
and get out of there nine times out of 10 in less than 10 or 15 minutes because there's one, maybe two people working there. You know what I mean? And so it just goes back to, um, and we've actually written a blog about this as well, about marketing yourself off of a cliff, right? And we saw this when I worked at Quiznos Corporate. And what happened was, is that like we were going to launch torpedoes as an example. And so we were going to do all this national advertising and torpedoes were going to be our $4 competitive sandwich to the Subway $5 footlong. And back, this is 08, 09, guys. This is like 12 years ago now. But, you know, one of our biggest concerns, always our biggest concern during that period of time at Quiznos when I was in ops was, um, you know, we can't do all this marketing and sales efforts if the restaurants aren't going to A, well, you know, um, aren't going to honor the coupons and B, if they're not ready to go. And so what we had was the chain was struggling, similar to Subway. People's AUVs were down. They weren't staffing. They weren't doing what they were supposed to do. And uh, we're about to go do all this national advertising. So leading up to Torpedoes, not only did we do a road show in 50 hotels around the country where we brought all the, sub, the franchisees in for the day to teach them how to make Torpedoes and let them try them and all that. But then we literally inspected every restaurant in the chain and... Um, you know, a two-week period. I mean, every restaurant, 4,500-plus stores, every field guy was hitting every restaurant. People from corporate were going out. I mean, we hit every restaurant. And what we were doing was going in there and going, hey, you got to get ready for torpedoes. We're going to do this national campaign. It launches in like a week. You got to be staffed. You got to be clean. You got to order the right food. You got to get your vegetables from the distributor. You can't be using this vegetables you get at the grocery store, blah, 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 blah. And it was all this stuff going on just to try to get it so that when we did all this marketing, we wouldn't just piss off all of our customers, right? So it's like, you know, if you can't deliver on the basics then nothing else you do will work and you can't drive a bunch of people into your restaurant um, if they're going to have bad experiences because it just accelerates you going out of business. And, uh, and so, you know, I feel like everybody's been focusing on these other things and people aren't as focused on the basics of just great restaurant experiences. And that's the core. You know, if you're delivering great restaurant experiences, then you can get people to order food to go. And you can get people to do carry out orders because they want to be in your restaurant. But if they don't want to be in your restaurant, then none of these other things matter. Who cares that you have a brand new POS? Oh, you have the toast POS? That's great. Uh, you know, every time I eat here, I'm sitting on the can for five hours. So, you know, maybe that's not, maybe we can fix that. I, I didn't really, uh, your POS system didn't matter to me on, you know, when I was uh, pooping, when I was, I was praying to God to get me off the toilet. You know what I mean? So anyway, but anyway, so why, so what, what's the point here, right? Like why are these the five things that everyone's so focused on? And I, I tell you, my theory is this, is that the POS, the delivery, the carryout, mobile ordering, I kind of linked some of that, some of that stuff overlaps. And the LMS guys have all raised literally and literally as, in, as, as like groups of companies, not just individual companies, have raised probably $10 billion in the last couple of years. And... And if you know anything about how venture capital or private equity money works, um, of, let's say that is $10 billion exactly, just for uh, argument's sake, uh, probably 60 to 80% of that was in marketing. 
right? Um, so that's what I want to talk about today. So I, I believe that, you know, all this free money has kind of, and all this marketing spend has convinced us as, as the restaurant industry that these are the things that are really important. And, you know, I'm, I want to understand from people what the ROI is on that, because I, I, I think a lot of people are not seeing the ROI on delivery, not everybody, but a lot of people. Um, and I want to know what the ROI is on a new POS system. I want to know what the ROI is on an LMS system when the average employee stays 44 days. The average manager is there for 104 days. You know what I mean? Explain to me how spending thousands, if not millions of dollars across a system over time, where's the ROI? So let's take it back a step. So for those of you who aren't familiar how private equity money or VC money works, uh, I'll kind of give you a quick overview and then I'm going to give you some of the numbers that, uh, you know, of the investments and then, you know, we can just wrap up this little podcast. So basically you have these private equity VC firms and, and hedge funds, whatever, you know, all, they're all kind of the same thing. I and mean, there's probably slight differences technically. I don't know what they exactly are. It doesn't really matter. But what these guys do is they go out and they raise money from investors and they say, hey, we can get you a bigger return than the stock market can. Um, and so they go raise billions and billions of dollars. And their sort of idea is, is that we're going to invest in 10 companies. And out of every 10 that we choose to invest in, one of them is going to be a Google or a Facebook and nine of them are going to fail miserably. Uh, and that's OK, because the one unicorn is what they call them, unicorns that goes crazy big is going to get us all a return on what we lose on the other nine. And so what they do is they go out and um, they raise all this money and then they go looking for businesses and we get called all the time at Ops Analytica um, as well. And they go out and they are like, hey, we want to you know, invest in your business. And we have not done that, by the way. We are a bootstrap startup. Um, we have all just been working here and growing ourselves organically because once you get on this private equity or once you get on this money train, um, investment train, then you're on. There's, there's really no getting off until you either go out of business or you go public. And, uh, and so if you're a founder, you stop running your business and you start raising money professionally, which is what basically happens to you. But so what happens is these guys will come in and they'll say, hey, I'm going to give you $10 million, right, as, a, as an example. And then you go, okay, cool. Well, then, first of all, they don't hand you a check for $10 million. They say, we're going to pay you out monthly um, and we want to give you $5 million in the next six months. And then we're going to give you the next $5 million over the next uh, 12 months, right? Or whatever that might be. And they, uh, and so, and what they are looking for, they're not looking for you, like, it, it's not like you're getting a loan from the bank and you're for $10 million and you're going to use it wisely and just spend like a line of credit, spend it slowly and just help yourself grow your business. They expect you to deploy this capital as quickly as possible and to generate growth and market share growth and return, whatever those metrics look like. So obviously, if you're not a profitable company and they give you a bunch of money, it's not necessarily to make you profitable. When most of these companies have been doing Uber and DoorDash and all these guys, so they've been just trying to get as much market share as possible. Because the idea is if you can grow as fast as you can and get as much market share as possible, that as your business matures and as your business grows, if you can, you can maintain that number one status, then eventually you can be profitable. And so we're not worried about getting you profitable on day one. Who cares? 
what we want to do is just get you moving this thing forward and getting um, as much cash, just get as much market share as possible. We'll figure out profitability in a couple of years. Um, and so that's what they do. So they just want you to spend the money as fast as possible because every round of funding, generally they get about 20% of your business. And so, you know, they want to get you uh, through your 10 million so they can get you to the next level, which would be 20 or 30 million and you continue to grow, grow, grow and get you up to a billion dollars plus is the idea, um, right? And so what happens is when these guys get money is they spend it and they spend it fast. I mean, and you could literally... If you raised money, you can make yourself look hugely pop, uh, huge. You think you can you can go from a nothing five ten person company to hundreds of employees in a big office with your name on the on the wall, like on the building, and you're in every airport and every trade magazine, and your CEOs on every news show talking about everything. You know, you can do that literally in a couple of months. Like it, it's not inconceivable because when you have just someone hands you millions and millions of dollars you, and they want you to spend it, you can go and spend it. It's not a big deal. Um, you know what I mean? And so, and that's why Grubhub and DoorDash and I mean Uber to some extent that they've been around longer, but like uh, Postmates and all these delivery firms, they look like these huge reputable companies. Like overnight, they have a presence in every market in the country. You know what I mean? Like it's insane because they are just being handed millions of dollars. And when you're being handed millions of dollars, you just go out and hire people. Yeah, you go hire a media buyer. Okay, cool. You go hire a public relations firm. Okay, cool. Now your guy's out everywhere and you look huge. You look profitable. You look successful. And you're this big thing that's everywhere. So then the people like us, the restaurateurs and, and the people who are using these services, they think, oh, wow, this this is a good company. I, I got to... I, I can work with them. No big deal. Like they, they, and you forget that they're just getting handed cash and they're not actually growing organically and raising this money, you know, one day at a time, you know what I mean? And, and making it from profits from generating a return on investment for their clients. They're getting it because a bunch of guys that have a billions of dollars to spend want to see if they can turn this guy into a unicorn. Now, the flip side of that is that if you don't make your numbers, then they just turn off the spigot. And that's where you'll hear about runway and oh man, like and you saw that a lot if you watch the show Silicon Valley. Oh wow, they turned off the guy's spigot and now he's got a, a huge building and 500 employees and they're all getting laid off. There's no severances. There's literally no cash left. So two weeks later, you know, you're done. You're out of money because they only dish out just a little bit of money at a time. They give you a month's worth of money. And then if you do really well and make your goals for that month, they give you next month. They've committed to doing 10 million, but they might only be giving you 50,000 a month or 100,000 a month or millions, whatever. So that's kind of how the private equity game works. So let's just go through and look at this. I have an article here that I found on, it's in the blog from the Spoon blog. And this was in 2018. So in 2018, the delivery companies raised, are you ready for this number? $3.5 billion alone in 2018. So when those guys got that money, here's what, because they're trying to get market share, they spend that money on three things, primarily. 
developers to work on their platform, but they're going to get all that's overseas. So that's cheaper. They spend it on sales and marketing and public relations, anything to convince the restaurants that they need a delivery and anything to convince you, the consumer that, Hey, delivery is the way of the future. You got to be using our app to get your delivery orders, right? Because that's the market share. Once you get the Grubhub app on your phone, then you're going to do that. And even if they don't have the restaurant, you go, oh, they don't have this one, but I'm already logged in. So I'll just go get this instead. And that's what their hope is, right? So just in 2018 alone, they spent $3.5 billion. Now, what was really funny is that we get like these emails every day that are like searches in Google and they can return us interesting articles. And, my, and, and in the blog itself, which you can get on opsanalytica.com, but there's a picture of uh, the newsfeed from Google that my business partner got one day. And the first article on it was, Red, Rock, Red Lobster doubles down on delivery in 2020. You know, that's, that's their growth strategy for 2020, which you just think about like crab legs or lobster or fish coming to your house cold. It's disgusting, right? Whatever. But then right underneath it was Grubhub considers sale, cannot make this work, right? And even in the Grubhub, I think it was the Grubhub uh, investor call because my business partner saw this too. The, the guy was talking about, uh, the CFO was talking about, you know, uh, he was just talking about how, you know, what they'll do is they'll go and put your restaurant on the delivery site, which is starting to get legislated against, by the way. And then they'll just send a driver in to order food from your restaurant, which has got all kinds of liability things around it. But he even said in the call, like, I just can't magically sign up thousands of restaurants, which anybody who knows about selling to restaurants will tell you is the hardest thing. Selling to restaurants is like the worst thing ever. Um, so anyway, but so $3.5 billion was raised by the, uh, by the, uh, the delivery companies just in 2018. I don't know what they raised in 2019, but assume it was at least another billion dollars, right? So let's just be conservative and say 80% of those dollars went to marketing and sales initiatives to convince people that delivery was important. You know, insanity, right? So no, of course you think delivery is important. And, and for some companies that are focusing on the basics of running great restaurants, delivery really does work well. Um, and so you should continue doing it, but not for everybody. But I mean, you, you think you need it. And why do you think you need it? It's because they've spent billions of dollars convincing you you need it. You know, moving on from the delivery guys a little bit, let's take a look at how much money the uh, POS guys have raised. Um, so in this, actually, even this blog is out of date because I think Toast just raised another $400 million and now their valuation's up over $4 billion. Um, and what's crazy, it's a, it's the same thing, right? Uh, I had a great, I found a great article here. Uh, this was from March, uh, end of March of 2019, um, that had talked about the billions of dollars that were raised by these, um, what's it called? Uh, by these POS companies, right? So I mean, Toast has probably raised a billion and a half if not more, you know what I mean? Uh, what's it called? Square raised 600 million. Um, 
elsewhere uh, went 300 million touch bistro raised a hundred million um, PayPal is currently processing 2.2 billion dollar acquisition of iZettle out in Europe you know toast I think like I said just raised another 400 million the other day um, and so what ends up happening is is once again so let's just I mean add that up billions of dollars have been raised by these POS guys. Um, once again, how much of that went to development and how much of that went to marketing to you guys to explain or to convince you that you've got to upgrade your POS system. Now, let's be honest. If your POS system is old and garbagey, then you probably want to upgrade it. Uh, if the new POS system comes with your mobile ordering platform, which a lot of them do, then that makes complete sense. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. Um, but I am saying is that literally billions of dollars of free money have been raised by these POS guys and 80% of it's going towards marketing to you. Go to the National Restaurant Show. I go every year and I have been for the last five years and you can literally not spit without hitting a POS vendor in that place. Everybody's got a POS system. Um, I mean, and the booths are ginormous. And you know why the booths are ginormous? And you know why they have 50 people there? Because they've raised billions of dollars and it's not their money. Because if it was your money, and you wouldn't waste it on marketing at the National Restaurant Show. So that's POS systems. Um, and there's one more article I found. And we're talking about LMS systems, right? And, and the LMS systems, they haven't raised as much. They're not as hot as the other markets are. But we have friends uh, that are here in Colorado, and they're actually kind of, they're friends and they're friendly competitors, and um, they're called PlayerLink, and they just raised 10 million, 12 and a half million dollars last year. Um, but it looks like from the LMS system that the, about 500 to a billion dollars have been raised um, by the LMS companies. So, you know, I guess the point is, as we wrap up this podcast, is that, you know, all that free money is coming into this marketplace. Well, it's not free. It's free. All that, all those billions of dollars, probably $10 billion or so, if you look at everything and we already calculated it all up, which we could totally do if we wanted to take the time, has come in to this marketplace to convince restaurateurs that we need to have delivery, we need to have POS systems, we need to have LMS systems, and we need to have um, you know, mobile ordering and all these things. And all that stuff is great if your restaurant is a place that people want to eat and you are executing on the basics and you are taking care of customers, then all of those things can take an already good, successful restaurant and increase their sales and their efficiency and their profitability. But if you're not a great restaurant that people want to eat at, um, if you're not doing a good job of executing on the basics of running a good restaurant, then none of this stuff will help you at all, period. And so you have to understand that and don't get caught up in this marketing hype because, you know, and, and they say this a lot about salespeople too, right? The hardest thing in sales to do is cold call. It's just brutal. 
You know, you just dial and someone yells, then someone goes, I want to talk to you, or you get a voicemail or someone lies to you and you've got to stay motivated, stay on the phone, 100 calls a day, you're going to talk to one to two people. Yet it's still, unfortunately, relatively an effective way to sell. I wish it wasn't. I wish it were better ways, but it's still, you know, it's still pretty powerful. But, you know, the big thing with sales guys is that you have to watch your sales guys, right? Because, you know, it's dialing for dollars and you sales guys are, you know, when you're getting so much rejection and so much no and so much like brutality, it's really easy to go try to find other work that makes you look busy. So you're working, but aren't going to generate the dollars that, you know, cold calling or whatever prospecting you're going to do. So, and I feel like the restaurant industry is kind of in the same spot. Nobody likes to focus on operations because operations aren't sexy. They're, they can be boring and monotonous and, you know, they're hard. And, and it's way more fun to spend your time looking at a brand new POS system and listening to all the marketing and getting the pens and going out to lunch and, you know, having somebody be interested in what you're doing and explain to you how, you know, this POS system or this LMS system or how this delivery is going to change your business. Um, and so you can, instead of focusing on just operating better, you know, doing a better job, controlling what you can control and really just getting back down to the very basics of running a great restaurant, you can daydream about how you're going to implement delivery and all of a sudden all your problems will be solved, all your cash flow problems, all your hiring problems. Everything's just going to fall into place. We're going to be so busy or how this POS is going to speed up transactions. Well, you know, speeding up transactions only matters if you have a line, right? <laughs> like, like, you know, a five second transaction versus a one second transaction when there's no weight and no line are nothing when they're, you know, when you don't have to worry about turning the table because no one's waiting to eat there, who cares what your transaction speed is? You know, 9,000 subways went on delivery. What did it do? And so just remember that we're in the restaurant business. We're here to take care of people, to serve them good, hot, fresh, safe food in a clean environment and, and, and make their day a little bit brighter, make their day a little bit easier because they didn't have to cook and maybe they can spend a little bit more quality time with their family or decompressing or whatever it is. That's what we do. And all this other stuff is noise um, and it can help you grow your business, but only if your business is in a position where it can actually grow, right? Um, so anyways, that's it. I, in the blog, I, I went and found some really good resources uh, from the internet, uh, primarily from a Steritex study that was done um, about, um, about uh, you know, customer, it was their, what was it? I'll tell you what it was. The Steritex Diners Dash 2018 customer survey, right? And they were talking about restaurant cleanliness. They were talking about uh, what foodborne illness can do to your restaurant if you have a case. They had some great delivery statistics. And then I also pulled a really good uh, other chart on um, on from, it's a company called Seven Shifts. It's a scheduling company about restaurant turnover, which I mean, you already all know, but like I will show you this chart. And so I will put a link to the blog in the um, podcast notes so you can go check out these charts. 
but um, some of these numbers are staggering what what they can do to your business when you're not focused on the basics. So I guess as I wrap this up, just realize that billions of dollars are being spent trying to convince you to invest money in POSs and delivery and LMSs and all these things. And I'm not saying that they can't help your business, but what I am imploring you is that you guys focus on the basics of running great restaurants first, because that by being great, naturally you'll, you will stand out in a very crowded, mediocre marketplace and you will start to grow your business organically. And, um, and then you can start look, you start looking at some of these other things that can that cause complexity and distraction, um, but can ultimately add value. And if you really want to get your restaurants focusing on the basics of great restaurants, and you want to get your you want to help your teams do a better job at executing and make their jobs easier to execute on a day to day basis, and, and keep that remediation steps at the restaurant level in real time where things are getting handled, they're getting identified and handled without involving the GM and the above store leadership, then you really should take a look at Ops Analytica and what we're able to do by uh, making your business processes run better on a daily basis. So uh, check us out at opsanalytica.com. And thanks for listening, guys. And I'm going to really committing to do more of these podcasts. Uh, and, you know, if you know of somebody that would be great to interview, um, you know, send them our way because I would love to chat with them. I love, love, love doing these things. You guys have a great day. Bye.